Well, good morning. It is a joy to be with you uh, here at Cottondale this morning, and I know your pastor is just chomping at the bit to get back up here. I know he's probably well enough today, but uh, he just wanted to be sure, uh, and uh, we did too, and uh, I know you feel the same uh, for him, but uh, we love my brother and uh, his dear family. I tell you what, Cottondale's been blessed, amen? Amen. And uh, we're just grateful that the Lord uh, brought uh, our lives together, our paths crossed uh, for this short time that we'll be here on this earth. You know, if you live to be 90, it's just a twinkling of an eye. Because I bet, brother, you can remember 90, well, maybe 85 years ago, being a little boy. (laughs) But, you know, it just passes just like that. But, you know, we got heaven waiting. We just sing about that. Of all of eternity. And so we're just passing through here on this earth. And uh, I appreciate the privilege to come. And for Chad asking me, uh, reached out to him uh, last week. And we talked and uh, uh, just so that he would be sure he's well before he comes back in the pulpit. And so we're we're gra- grateful to be able to come and to help this morning, Robin and I. And, and uh, we get the privilege of, <clears throat> of preaching somewhere almost every Sunday in, in a church. And um, it's not always because the pastor's sick or, or right now because of COVID, but we do have a, a good bit of COVID within our church family, and we need to be much in prayer uh, for our churches. Uh, Brother Jack Lee this morning, also he and Miss Shirley both. Uh, y'all keep them in your prayers. And there may be some others that I'm not aware of this morning, but I know that they, that they are sick, but uh, we pray that they'll be uh, recovering from the uh, this sickness as well. Uh, they also had to have someone to fill in for, for him this morning too. Uh, so it seems that uh, over the la- last year and almost and already this year, um, we've just been uh, faced with this uh, trial that's on our our lives, um, all of us. Uh, it rains on the just as well as the unjust. and um, So we're all part of this world. We live in a fallen world. We live in a world that's full of sin and, um, and and we're here to be a light shining in the darkness. Uh, I thank you for that video, brother. Sharing it uh, a while ago, and um, I know it's been a trying time for you since the uh, VBS and for this church as well. But um, man, that was a joy to meet those students when they came. Uh, we were able to help a, just a little small part of that at the Christian Life Center uh, for those food bags that they all went out and, and, and distributed. And uh, that was such a blessing to see those students to come. And every one of them was willing to go and, and willing to share, willing to work. And uh, I know their, uh, their youth pastor, Zach, uh, I know he has a lot to do with that. But those uh, workers that came along with him as well, uh, to have, uh, I think, a lot, 30 people here, all together, students and, and uh, helpers as well. Uh, I think about some of the mission trips that we've been on, and some of you have been with me on some of those uh, We've done the same in other places uh, as what those students have come here uh, in Eastman and Dodge County here at Cottondale. And, and it is, it's always a joy to serve and to help and to be a part of what God's doing in a community. And God's doing something in this community. Um, if he w- was not, uh, you wouldn't have a pastor here. Uh, you still wouldn't have a church here. And you certainly wouldn't have a group of students and their leaders come uh, from another state to come here to help and to serve. 
God's doing something in your church, in your, in, in the body of Christ here, uh, among you and, and among this uh, this community where this church is at, and, and it, it stands out uh, as they did while they were here. And so, <clears throat> I'm grateful to be a part. Uh, just a little bit of that is being an association of missionary. Uh, or a mission strategist, whatever name or title that y'all like to, to give us, uh, that's okay with me. Uh, I, I'm just here as a servant. Uh, as Paul said, I'm just a bond servant. I'm here to serve, whatever capacity that may be. Uh, I'm not too much on titles. I'm just here to serve and to help. And I believe our Lord just, uh, demonstrated that in his life. And this morning, I want to look at Luke chapter 2. Uh, the latter part of that chapter, Luke chapter 2, when we say Luke chapter 2, most people think, well, uh, this is the Christmas story or, or this is a Christmas season, but we're not in the Christmas season at this moment, but it'll be here before you know it. Uh, it's just around the corner. <clears throat> we're already on the downhill side of, side of that, and it's coming. But this morning, we'll look at, uh, I, I just want to share the desire to be with the Father, a desire to be with God's people. A desire to serve Him and serve Him well. Our our Lord, our Savior Christ here, as we're going to read in this text in just a moment. Uh, here he is. He's just a he's just a boy. He's just a twelve year twelve year old boy. We like to say he's just a little boy, and we all can remember somewhat of being twelve years old. And I'm sure Pat War has a lot of stories to tell. If his mom was here, boy, she could tell a bunch. I'm sure so. Uh, and Kathy can tell some too, even now. So, uh, but we're grateful that God has blessed us in such a way that um, that we can read about Him. We can read about who He was, even as a child, uh, from His birth all the way up to His crucifixion. And this morning, in Luke chapter two, beginning of verse forty-one and following, I'll read these passages to us. <clears throat> and it says, "And now His parents went up to Jerusalem every year at the feast of the Passover." And when he became twelve, they went up to there according to the custom of the feast. And as they were returning after spending the full manner, number of days, <clears throat> the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem, but his parents were unaware of it. But supposed him to be in the caravan and, and went a day's journey, and they began looking for him among their relatives and acquaintances. <clears throat> when they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem looking for him. And after three days, they found him in the temple, sitting in the midst of the teachers, both listening to them and asking questions. And all who heard him were amazed at his understanding and his answers. When they saw him, they were astonished. And his mother said to him, Son, why have you treated us this way? Behold, your father and I have been anxiously looking for you. And then he said to them, Why is it that you were looking for me? Did you not know that I had to be in my father's house? But they did not understand the statement which he had made to them. And he went down with them and came to Nazareth, and he continued in subjection to them, and his mother treasured all these things in her heart. Let's pray. <clears throat> Our Father, Lord Jesus I'm grateful, and I feel like we, the church, are grateful this morning that we have your word. And Lord Jesus, that you have revealed yourself in this word as we read, and even as we read right now, 
Lord Jesus, you as, as a boy, it, it, growing up, Lord. Lord, I know we don't have a lot, Lord, in the Scripture, Lord, about your, your youthful life, Lord. But, Lord, this is just an example of it right here. And, Lord, that we know, God, that it's the truth and we love you for it. And now, Lord, as I share with this church this morning, this body, I pray, Father, you just help me, Lord, with the power of your Holy Spirit. God, that it will be for the edification of the body of Christ here, Lord. That, Father, we'll be stronger when we leave than we were when we came in. In Jesus, I pray. Amen. Have you ever, have you ever liked just to hang out at the church? You ever like to hang out at the church? I want to tell you how you can know as a healthy church. When you get there on Sunday morning, man, people are talking. And it's lively, you know? And even more than that, when you get through and you finish and the pastor says amen, people just kind of hang around at the church. That's, that's, that's encouraging to a pastor to see that the people are loving each other. Loving to be here. You know, uh, Rob and I are probably not always the first ones there, but we're always the last ones to leave. Now, I don't know if that's good or bad, but sometimes we are first to get there. It's kind of something, especially when we had our kids growing up, and I know all of you experienced thing. Bless your heart, uh, Chad, all of them you got in your house now, brother. Uh, just get in the church on Sunday morning, you know. Just get in there. And, uh, but once you get there, man, just what a relief, ain't it? Man, I'm here now. I can go and I can sit back in my Sunday school room. Or maybe you're going to teach your Sunday school class. or, You know, and then you enjoy the worship in here that we were singing this morning and, and enjoy the, the, the fellowship we had and then uh, come to a time of preaching as we hear this morning. I pray it'll be a blessing to you. And then and just be able to hang out. And, uh, and, and that's what we're seeing in Scripture here this morning. Jesus is wanting to hang out. He's wanting to hang out with, with God. He was hanging out in the temple. Um, I know we lost a dear brother recently, Brother Darrell Summy, at, uh, at First Baptist East. I mean, he was such a blessing to our community. Uh, it doesn't matter what church he was part of. He's part of us. And um, I just know for, for Robin and I, for, for Tori and for Brett, you know, at the time of our life, whenever we left New Union and we came to First Baptist, and, and that was one of the reasons. He was one of the reasons. Um, because of the, those kids there, I say kids, those students there, uh, they were to being taught the word, and they liked to hang out over there. They had that place called the station, and you could just go by, and even today, you could go by and you see students, you see young guys hanging out over there. That just says a lot to a ministry, and it says a lot to a to a pastor, and and so just hanging out at the church. Now, I have been in some churches that, man, when your pastor said amen, Rob and I were the last ones there. They were gone. And we were visiting, you know. So it's good to hang out with God's people. I, I know you had a great time in your VBS uh, a few weeks ago now. Had a great time hanging out, hanging out with, with God's people, hanging out with the church, the church, the assembly. It's where people assemble together. The assembly, the gathering together. And we find here Jesus, it was the tradition, uh, their parents, his parents, uh, um, 
being obedient to, to God's word to go and, and go once a year to the Passover and, and they would go and to, to make their sacrifice and and um, have the priests pray for them for the forgiveness of their sins and, and so this was something they were accustomed to doing. Jesus was accustomed to going to Jerusalem at least once a year, maybe more often than that. There was other feasts that they would deserve, but <clears throat> this was the primary one that they would be there. And so they were there, and and they had had their feast that week, and it had it had come to an end. It was time for them to leave, and so um, they set out to go back home. And it wasn't an easy task either. They were walking, and you walking with a with a big group of people, a caravan of people, and and you got your kids, and it's probably just a big family, man. Everybody's just going along. It's like a good community when everybody's taking care of the neighborhood kids. I know most of you here probably grew up in around this area or somewhere close, and you had a neighborhood. And, and I know we did growing up. We had neighbors, man. We could just go and do, and it's not the same anymore. Sad to say that it's not the same, as, and uh, but that's because of the time which we're living in. But we still can... We still can be a community of church, the body of the church of Christ today, even even the midst of chaos out here in this world, just like these students who came and served you here a few weeks ago. They came and they went out in your community. They came and went out because, first of all, because they love Jesus. And they want other people to know that they love Jesus. And they came to share that in your community. You know, I was thinking, as Chad was showing the video a little bit ago, I was thinking about uh, Paul and Apollos. And Paul was talking about planting and watering. I want to tell you, church, there's been some, there's been some seed planted. Now, they're going back home. They're going back where they're at, their ministry, where, they, <clears throat> where God has called Zach and those people. But they planted seed right here in your community. Somebody's got to water it. It'll be just like your garden or just like any, <clears throat> excuse me, any plant that you plant. You can plant it and man, it looks good on it. You get a hanging basket in Mother's Day or birthday, man, it looks good. But it's like some, about a week later, it's not looking quite as healthy as it did. Maybe another week goes by, a couple weeks go by and it sure does look pretty bad and Within a month, what? You can throw it in the trash. I want to tell you people, church, seed have been planted here. Now responsibility is on our shoulders. Not just on you, Pastor. I know his heart right here. I know this is what he's feeling. He knows it. And I'm sure Zach and he, uh, uh, Chad has taught, seed has been planted. Now we got to water it. we got to take care of it. we got to provide for it. It's there. It's there. We gotta get out and work the fields. Chad read from Hosea a while ago, but don't little farther over in Hosea chapter ten, believe verse twelve says, Break up your fallow ground for it's time to seek the Lord. It's time to seek God. It's certainly not a time for us to sit back. Even though the COVID issue has been a has been an issue, it's just another issue of life. We all have issues. I remember going to Mission Arts in the several years ago and we were uh <clears throat> There at uh, Mission Arlington, and, and we had a, 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 a Bible study one night in an apartment complex. And this a pastor came and he preached about the issues. He said, "Y'all got issues." He used that word, issues. Got issues. 
You're going to have issues. So let's just learn how to work through it. Let's learn how to deal with it. Let's move on. Let's go and water the seed that have been planted. Because listen, God's going to give an increase. What Paul said. We just do the work. We serve the Lord in whatever capacity that we can. And God's going to bless it. God's going to bless it. It's just like your preacher preaching on Sunday. Preaching Sunday after Sunday. He's sowing the seed. And he's watering the seed. And God has given the increase. You've got those who God's adding to your, to your house. They're adding to this assembly here at Cottondale. So we see Jesus hanging out at the church. His mother and father <clears throat> begin looking for him. His, his adopted father, Joseph. They begin looking for him. And, and they look for three days. And then they find him in the place that they, it just didn't cross their mind. You ever had that happen? Just didn't, you just didn't think about it? That that's where he could have been? Um, you ever lost your kid? You know, that happens sometimes. <laughs> Lose your kid? Well, I haven't been there, but Robin was there once when Brett, Brett got lost in the grocery store, I think, maybe somewhere, running, running wild. You know how kids like doing to get in the store, maybe run wild, you know. And probably everybody here has had some kind of experience that. <clears throat> I can't imagine when you got seven or eight in a house, Chad, how you keep up with all of them, bro. <clears throat> but it happens. I remember um, it's been a year, several years ago now, They had there was a funeral out at, at Plainfield, and uh they, they had a church needed a place to have a funeral, so they, they allowed a neighboring church to have a funeral there, and they finished the funeral, everybody left, and they locked it up, and turned the lights out and left, and so a little bit, people were looking for somebody with a key, because somebody had left a key in there, and the kid was asleep on the back. At least it didn't wake up, <clears throat> but the kid was laying there asleep. It happens, you know. So, so Joseph and Mary, being like we are, they lost a kid. They lost Jesus. And there's another whole sermon that we could preach there also, but that's not the message I want to share this morning. I want to tell you that Jesus wanted to be with his Father, his Heavenly Father. He wanted to be with God. Because see, even at 12 years old, he sensed that in his heart, in his mind. He knew that. That's where he belonged. And in his, the first words that we have of Jesus are right here. At 12 years old. Here's a 12-year-old kid. Here's a 12-year-old little boy. And his mom and daddy said, Why have you done this? Why have you hidden from us? Why could we find you? And Jesus says to his mother, Why is it that you're looking for me? Didn't you know that I had to be with my father? That I had to be in my father's house? Or had to be about my father's business. Didn't you know? You ever heard anybody say that? Didn't you know? Well, didn't you know? It's like, man, this is like, this didn't, didn't you know? <clears throat> it's like a carpenter building something. And you know, somebody asks a question, you go, well, didn't you know? No, not everybody knows. And even here now, <clears throat> here's Joseph and Mary looking for Jesus. And Jesus says, well, didn't you know? I'm sure he's looking at his mother, <clears throat> and he knew that she knew who he was by 12 years old. It, that God had chosen her to be his mom. 
and Joseph was his earthly daddy to help. But here he looks at her and, didn't you know? Didn't you know, Mom, this is where I'm supposed to be? Didn't you realize that? And Jesus says this. Jesus said, I had to be... I had to be about my father's business. I had to be in my father's house. That was Jesus' desire. He was hanging out with the teachers of the law of all places for a kid to be. And the Bible says that they were amazed at his understanding at 12 years old. They were amazed at that because they didn't know who he was yet. But they knew there was something different about him. And certainly for a 12-year-old boy to want to be at the, at, the, uh, at the temple hanging out with the religious leaders of the day. And so Jesus had a desire <clears throat> to hang out in God's house. And I hope you today as a church that we have that desire to hang out in God's house, to hang out with God's people. We need that today more than ever, even in the midst of a, 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 a pandemic that we've had and it's still going on. We, the people of God, should have that desire that we want to be together. We want to fellowship together. You know, we want to love on each other. And and I'm by no means saying that we haven't had some very difficult trying times that we've had to, to, to close the doors of this building, but we never close the doors of the church because that's you. It's, I hear this statement, and I did it last year, and I've heard it this year, you know, and I, everywhere I go, well, what's, going, what's the churches doing? What's the, pastors ask me, well, what's the church? What are you hearing about the churches? What they mean is, how many is closing up? But I don't want to tell you, even though these doors were locked, lights are turned out, the church is still alive and well. The church is still doing the work. We still do the work outside of Sunday morning. It's just not it's not just a Sunday morning time, even though this is a special time, but if circumstances happen, things happen that we can't gather here as we are this morning, that doesn't mean the work of the Lord stops or it ceases. This is just a special place that God has blessed this community and has blessed you with, that we can come together on a Sunday morning and we can gather together as the church. The church gathers together in this building that we call the church. We're here to worship and serve an almighty God. One who's the ruler of the universe. The one who knew COVID would happen before COVID ever existed. He already knew. Nothing takes God by surprise. But we, the church, are to continue on, carrying on the work and the service of the Lord and then we, today we've got the technology to do that. Where's a cell phone? You know, we, we call each other, checking on each other. We've got our internet. We can, we can call, send messages to people. Man, we're constantly talking, constantly. Even we can't be there in person. We can be there. And certainly we can be praying for one another. So we, the church today, need to have that desire that Jesus had that he wanted to be in his Father's house. He wanted to be with his Father. He wanted to be close to God's people. And we ought to have that desire too. We want to be close to God's people. I wrote down a few things today. It was his custom. It was his it was his parents' custom. We need to have some good customs as well. 
We, the church today, we as parents today, we as grandparents today, we need to have some good customs as coming to church on Sunday morning. And I'm sure most of you here this morning, I'm preaching to the choir right here, but I know you have a, you've set that standard in your life, and that's your custom to come to church on Sunday morning. And we need to have that custom for our children and our grandkids to know that, hey, Sunday morning's coming, and we're going to church. I tell this in all the churches I go to, you know, on Sunday morning when you get it, you go out, your neighbors are watching you, and you get in your car, and you leave, and you drive or your truck or whatever it is, and then you park it right here in this parking lot. What a witness that is in this community to see the people of God coming together here on a Sunday morning. Some may never even darken the doors of this building here, but then there are some that will. But yet they see you coming. It's a witness. And it's not just coming here, but what are we doing out there? Whenever we have a group come up from Florida, and we go out there in that community. And now we have church, and we need to be going out there to continue that work, continue to work in those fields, and that fallow ground that's been broken up, and seeds have been laid there. And now we are to provide, and we're to take care and nurture those seeds that are there by watering them and and adding a little fertilizer along to make them grow, and God will make them sprout and come forth. It says in, in Luke chapter 4 that in Nazareth, where Jesus went back with his mother and father, it says here that he went back down to Nazareth with them as an obedient child. Even though he was there, his mom said, why have you done this to us? And Jesus said, well, I'm just doing what I'm supposed to do. I'm doing what my father would want me to do. I'm here. And he didn't say, well, you know, I'm not going back with y'all. Y'all can do and do what you want to. We got kids who say that today, don't we? Well, I'm not doing that. It didn't say that. It says that he went back, back and he was under subjection. to. He was under their authority. He went back to Nazareth. And we're not told a lot about in Scripture that we have from this point here, 12 years old, until he reached about 30. Other than that he was a carpenter's son. He went back to his hometown, Nazareth. He went back under authority of his parents. He did what they wanted him to do. So he went back. That was He said, said he went back to, to Nazareth. But also in Nazareth, you go and read, he went to the synagogue. It was their custom to go to the synagogue. It was a place of worship. It was a place where the Jews went to worship and to have prayers offered up for them. They went to the synagogue. So Jesus made it a point to go. It was part of his custom. His mom and dad set that custom for him when he was growing up. In Mark 1, 21, it says, In Capernaum, he went up and he made it a priority to go to the synagogue on a Sabbath day. And even in another town, when Jesus started his ministry, he made it a point to go to the Lord's house, to God's house, whether it was the synagogue or where it was the temple. He went to the place where people were gathered together to read Scripture and prayers to be offered. He made it a point to do that. It was a custom that he said. And he said that in such a way that his disciples, you go over into Acts, you begin looking into the book of Acts, the New Testament church. And even in there... You get, now you, you begin to see the, how the church is being established. And it's not necessarily at the temple or at the synagogue. It's where the people of God come together and make it a, a, a priority of worship. 
It's a worship to the Lord God, to pray, to read the scriptures together, to fellowship together. But you find there, when Jesus told the disciples there in that upper room, he said, I want you to go, I want you to wait. That church met together there in that upper room. It wasn't a temple and it wasn't a synagogue. It was where the people were assembled together in obedience to the word of God, Jesus' command, go and wait. And, and he, they came there in that upper room, and while they were there praying, the Holy Spirit came and fell upon them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And then we know the story as Peter went out and began to preach. In Acts chapter 3, it says the people pray together. When they are assembled together, they come together praying for each other, praying and working and serving together. And I'll say this, when we miss church, man, well, sometimes we, we can miss something, can't we? I mean, sometimes you find out later, man, I missed Sunday. Man, somebody got saved Sunday morning. Somebody gave a testimony Sunday morning. You, you know, we miss those things. Well, in Acts uh, chapter 3, we find where miracles happen. There is uh, uh, Peter and John going into the temple. Miracles happen there. You know, and some missed it that day because they weren't there. We miss something when we're not there. Now, I know things happen that we can't be here sometimes because we're, we live in a physical body. We live in a weak body. Sometimes we're not healthy enough, well enough, or where it may be. Emergencies happen. But for the most part, we ought to be here. We ought to be here to help and support, first of all, our Lord and our Savior Jesus Christ, and also to help and support each other and pray and support your pastor as well. God's called us to do that, to assemble ourselves together, to assemble together the body of Christ, the church. So miracles happen, and we miss things. Acts chapter 5 says that they met from house to house. See, the New Testament church, they began to fellowship and work together and serve together out here in the community, house to house. And that's kind of what you've done during your VBS this past uh, few weeks ago. You did that meeting from house to house and doing things outside where people were seeing you and the work's being done. People are watching and seeing that, and what a great witness that is to see things like that happen. It was Paul's custom as well, and Paul and his ministry. It was his custom. When Paul went into a city, he found a synagogue. Now, he's New Testament, and he's preaching Jesus. He went to that synagogue because he knew there was going to be a bunch of people together there because that's where the community came together. And I was thinking about that. I was thinking, you know, I remember Derek Johns telling me one time, he said, you go where nobody else wants to go, and that's where you go. When you do a ministry. You find where nobody else wants to go, that's where you go. There's probably places around church here you say, well, ain't nobody going to go over there. Well, maybe that's where you need to be. So maybe that's where, you, where nobody else wants to go. That's where you go. You watch what God does. I thought about Paul going into these synagogues. He went to these places. He found a place where people were gathered together. He starts preaching the gospel. I thought about our local rec department. Man, people get, what, what better place where people are at? That's where people are. need to be sharing the gospel, handing out tracts or something, going praying with people, doing something. We ought to be reaching people. We still live in a community that we can do that, by the way. We had prayer walk last week. Prayer walk, week before now. Go to all, go to all schools and pray. Not every community get, has that opportunity to do that. But we as a church could do that. And we had a lot of people who came out and prayed. I don't have the final numbers on that, but we had a lot of people who signed in. I saw all the sign-up sheets, and a lot, of, a lot of names are on there. And I'm grateful for everybody who participated in that. Thank you as a church for your help in that. But we are out in the community. We need to be out in the community. The church needs to be seen in the community. 
People need to see the church alive and working and serving and helping. And I'm thankful for the Christian Life Center. And praise the Lord that we have people like you and others who come and volunteer and serve there. But that's not where it's all at either. That's just another extension of your church, that Christian Life Center. It's an extension of your arm of your church. But then we're to reach out even farther than that. I'm grateful for those students that were here. <clears throat> they went out to the Dodge Court Apartments and they handed out those food bags there. And I thank you all on Harold Street and some other places that same week. But they went out in these communities where the church needs to be seen. And people need to know that, hey, they, they, they love us and they care for us. And we're there to, <clears throat> we're there to give something away. And we're there to give them Jesus. Most of the time you go to a place and you say, just say, for instance, your bag of food got a bag of food here. Would you like to have a bag of food today? Well, how much is it going to cost me? That's what they say. What's it going to cost me? It's not going to cost you a thing. We just want to give it to you because Jesus loves you, and we're out here just to let people know that. Just in some way, uh, brother, uh, Sister Brenda Wood and I was talking about in October doing a, a, a community outreach, and we're going to be sharing more of that soon. A way that we as a church take a day, a Saturday, and let's do an outreach in Dodge County. Uh, and we've had, um, in the past, we've done splash, go out and splash the county with Jesus. And we, we may do something like that. But we're praying about a way to get all the churches involved. And let's do some acts of kindness as we share Christ with, with people in our communities and people in our town. We've got to be seen, and out, <clears throat> seen out in our community. So Paul made it a point uh, to, be a, to find a place where people were gathered. And then he began to meet in homes when he couldn't find anywhere. He, got, he just found a place of prayer. Mary Philippi, he found that place of prayer. He went where well, he saw some people gathered together. It's the church. It's the assembly of, of God's people coming together. It's the body of, of Christ coming together and wrapping their arms around each other and loving on each other and letting people know that, hey, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. They need to know about Jesus. The church and the home go hand in hand. As I said a little bit ago about a custom, making it your custom, we find here in the last verse that I read this morning, it says he went down with them, talking about going with his parents, and he came to Nazareth, and he continued in subjection to them, and his mother treasured all these things in her heart. And you go over in uh, Mark chapter 6, Jesus there in Nazareth went to the synagogue, and he went in as a grown adult man now, and he started teaching and started preaching. And everybody was full, filled with amazement. And they said, who is this man? And they said, well, that's Jesus. That's the carpenter's son. So see, he was known in the community. Jesus was known in his He wasn't a stranger to the people. Even though they were saying, well, who is that? That's, that's that carpenter's boy right there. That's who that is. They knew him in the community. So they knew who he was. They kind of had a feeling. Who, and they knew his, his parents. They knew Joseph and Mary. And they knew this is in a synagogue now. This is at church. This is at church. And they go, well, yeah, that's Joseph's son. That's Mary's boy right there. He's up there preaching. They, you see, the, they were known in the community as loving God. And, and here is their son not knowing yet what he would be, but they knew that, man, they, this is a special guy right here. Listen to him. He's preaching with authority. He's not like these other scribes that we have up here just giving a talk. 
You know, we have some of that happening today, too. We have people who just give a talk. Praise the Lord, you got a pastor who preaches the word with power and truth, with authority. Not that he asking for that, but God that bestows it upon him. It's with the authority of the scripture. And that's what Jesus did. When Jesus took the scripture and he began to read it, they were filled with amazement just by reading from the scripture. And God will do the same in your life. So he was known in his community. In closing this morning, as I've talked a lot about the church and our responsibility as a church, and I pray that you'll get out in the community and continue to serve and to work. But you know, there's a scripture that we read quite often, and it's over in Hebrews in chapter 10. We read this, uh, when we get to talking about church and church attendance, and especially as preachers, man, we like to, we like to read this, man. We like to bring conviction on people, you know, but... Folks, this is just as much for me as it is for you. I want to go back and begin in verse 19, Hebrews chapter 10, verse 19. I want to start there and <clears throat> read down. Writer of Hebrews says, Therefore, brethren, since we have confidence to enter the holy place by the blood of Jesus. So do you hear what he said there? We have confidence to enter. We had confidence this morning to come to church because we know a Savior whose name is Jesus. And I have confidence this morning in my heart to know that He loves me and He loves you. And I have confidence this morning to know that when I pray, He hears my prayer. I know He hears my prayer. I know, And that makes me want to sing this morning. It makes me want to sing and worship my Lord and my Savior. And it makes me want to come to God's house this morning because I have confidence in my Lord and my Savior. Those kids that came up few weeks ago, their leader Zach, he had confidence to bring them here to Eastman, Georgia. He knew God was doing a work in their lives. And they were coming here to serve in Eastman. He knew he had confidence that God was going to work in their life. And your pastor had confidence to know, hey, God's laid it on their heart to come here. God's doing something. We got confidence to know that. Said so we got confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way which He inaugurated us through the veil that is to His flesh. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a sincere heart and full assurance, having our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience, and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast. The confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how to stimulate or how to stir one another to love and good deeds. And not forsaking our own assembling together, as is the habit of some. But encourage one another in all the more as you see the day drawing near. I pray that you'll make that your prayer, that we'll be found faithful. Whatever it is God's calling you to do, be found faithful at doing it. And have the confidence to know that you can do it because Jesus is with you. Amen. And we'll turn it back to my brother Chad.